Another day, another lie from the public health establishment. A few days ago, the corporate media began reporting on the first confirmed Omicron death in the United States. You may have noticed that I did not report on that death because I no longer believe anything the corporate media tell me, especially about coronavirus. And it turns out I was right not to believe them because, as the journalist Dan Cohen learned during a phone call with the Harris County Public Health Department, the story is complete BS. We've just confirmed the first death in the United States due to the Omicron variant in Texas. On Monday, Texas reported the country's first known Omicron death, a man in his 50s who was not vaccinated. We cannot confirm that the patient died from COVID, but we can say that he was Omicron positive at the time of his death. So he, so he died with COVID, but you can't say that he died from COVID. Correct. This information comes from our epidemiologists, who are the ones who get the reports. They have to do a very uh, meticulous investigation because, you know, they, they do take this very much at heart. They're telling me that they cannot say that, uh, that COVID was the absolute cause of death. If the public health officials could plausibly blame this man's death on COVID, they would. But they can't, so they're not doing that. But the media don't care about the truth, so they're running with it anyway. How long before people learn from those sage words of George W. Bush? Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, hey, <laughs> well, the point is, you're not going to fool me again. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday is from Giovanni Garcia, who says, Biden's stop it speech is like those memes where it's just some Instagram girl who posts a selfie and captions it. Hey, racism, stop it. Yes, that that is uh, about the level of rhetoric and statecraft that you're seeing from Joe Biden and just as effective. Hey, virus, stop it. I'm going to shut, you know, how am I going to shut down the virus? I'm going to say, stop it really angrily. Just as angrily as I said, stop it to corn pop. And that'll do it. That'll do it, right? I don't think so. We need a little more virility, I think. And on the subject of virility, if you're interested in such things, you might want to check out Roman. Gentlemen, ED is really common. It is. It is. No one wants to talk about it, but it is. In fact, 52% of guys aged 40 to 70 experience some form of erectile dysfunction. Go to getroman.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, right now to speak to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional about ED and get 15 bucks off your first month of treatment. Roman Ready is confidence personified. It is the self-assurance that comes from knowing you've prepared yourself for the moment when intimacy arrives. Roman's system is completely confidential and totally discreet. No big logos or labels on packages. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, to complete an online visit. Go to GetRoman.com slash Knowles today. If you're prescribed, get 15 bucks off your first month of ED treatment. Make sure you're ready to have confidence and control this season. Roman ready. Go check out Roman today. The first Omicron death in the United States. It's a lie. 
even at the time, the more honest news sources were reporting that the, the man who died had other diseases, had other comorbidities. And so, you know, anyone who can read between the lines would have realized, okay, that's what he died from. And Omicron, he just happened to have Omicron. This is like the stories you heard in 2020 when a guy would get shot in the head, but he was listed as a COVID death because he happened to have COVID while some guy was shooting him. So uh, that one debunked, not that you heard it from the horse's mouth. You heard it from the mouth of the Harris County Public Health Department. But we're all going to get Omicron. We're all going to get it. And so you're going to hear about a lot more Omicron deaths because people are still going to die of all the normal things that they die from. And a lot of people are going to have Omicron. And just because you die with Omicron does not mean you die from Omicron. There's a story just came out of Texas that, that the Omicron variant has been detected in nearly every Harris County wastewater treatment facility uh, as, as the viral load is rising in downtown Houston. Basically every water treatment plant in the entire county has Omicron. Uh, Dr. Kayvon Mojared, he is the director of Walter Reed's Infectious Diseases Branch. He has just said, quote, with Omicron, there's really no way to escape the virus. You are not going to be able to avoid it. So I think pretty soon, either the whole world will be vaccinated or have been infected or both. I'm just speaking anecdotally, but worth remembering that the plural of anecdote actually is data. I've got a ton of friends all over the country who have COVID right now. I guess it would probably be the Omicron. That's, That's now the dominant strain in the United States. And it's apparently very transmissible, not very serious, it, not very life-threatening, but, but very transmissible. And probably most of the people who have gotten it are vaccinated. We all, we all know people who have the vaccine, many of whom have booster shots, who still get it. Now, it's unbelievable. You're seeing the left in real time redefine vaccines. Bill Gates the other day said that the purpose of vaccines, not even just this vaccine, but the purpose of vaccines generally is not to prevent you from getting viruses, but to mitigate the symptoms, which is obviously just complete BS. What are you talking about? We get the polio vaccine so that we only get a milder form of polio. Is that, is that why we get it? We get the meningitis vaccine so that meningitis is, is not quite as severe when we get it. Uh, no, the vaccines are supposed to prevent you from getting the virus. And that's what we were promised in the early days of this vaccine. And then the vaccine failed and wasn't as effective as people told us it was. And so they just redefined what vaccines are. And they said, no, no, what are you talking about, you crazy anti-science conspiracy theorist? Vaccines were never supposed to prevent you from getting viruses. No, it's just supposed to possibly mitigate the symptoms. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. Where'd that, how far do you have to move the goalpost to get to that definition? It's like you're in a different football field now. You move those goalposts so far. Regardless, this is actually good news. I'm actually glad to hear if we're going to have COVID, if we're going to have these viruses, if we're going to have this very transmissible variant, I am pleased to hear that it's just everywhere now, that it's in every water treatment facility in this county and it's going all over the country. I'm pleased to hear it because it means you should go to Christmas, go to Christmas dinner, Tune out Dr. Fauci, go to Christmas dinner, see your family, 
See your friends. Do you have the vaccine? Go to Christmas dinner. Do you not have the vaccine? Go to Christmas dinner. Doesn't matter. You're all going to get it. <laughs> you're all going to get it. And I know now they're pretending that if you have the vaccine, you're probably not going to get it, but you will. <laughs> you will. We all know it because we all know people who have the vaccine who just in the past couple of weeks have gotten it. Okay. So just go. The, the die is cast. All right. Just live your lives. Live your lives. That's it. There's nothing, there's nothing you can do. The only choice, the choice is not get COVID or don't get COVID. The choice now is cower in fear in your closet for another three years or go live your life. Seems, seems like the latter is going to be more enjoyable. It's in the water, folks. It's in the water treatment facilities. (laughs) You're not escaping it. You might even get it while you're cowering in your closet. Speaking of waters, this is going to be the best transition I've ever done in the history of this show. Speaking of waters, my friend Jesse Waters has gotten in trouble recently <laughs> because Jesse Waters is a, a show, TV show host at Fox News. Jesse Waters was speaking at the Turning Point USA conference a week or so ago, and Jesse uh, got in trouble because the left-wing media said he threatened to kill Dr. Fauci. He threatened, he encouraged people to go out there and shoot Dr. Fauci in the head. Uh, when I read that, I, I thought, you know, I don't look, I'm not saying that Jesse Waters and I are bosom buddies, but I know the guy a little bit. I don't, I don't think he's the sort of fellow to do that. Uh, said, let me, let me go find the speech. And you'll notice that all the left-wing networks that are, that are pushing this, none of them are showing you the actual speech. So I thought, okay, there's the dead giveaway. He didn't really say that. Take a listen to what Jesse Waters actually said. You got to ambush a guy like Fauci, okay? This is how you do these ambushes, like O'Keefe. You got to be respectful because they'll turn the tables on you and you can't have a blow up in your face. So if you see Fauci out and about and you know he's coming to town, this is how you approach, okay? Keep a little document in your pocket, all right? This is the grant that funded the research. It's in your pocket. Not even Rand Paul has been able to get in his face and point with the grant in his face. So then he's in trouble. Now you go in for the kill shot. The kill shot with an ambush, deadly, because he doesn't see it coming. This is when you say, Dr. Fauci, you funded risky research at a sloppy Chinese lab the same lab that sprung this pandemic on the world. You know why people don't trust you, don't you? Boom, he is dead. Okay, does anyone watching that clip believe that Jesse Waters is encouraging people to go out and shoot Dr. Fauci in the head? No, he's obviously speaking rhetorically. He's obviously speaking metaphorically. Right. He's saying, what are you saying? Here's, here's the ambush. The ambush is not throwing a net on him or tackling him. The ambush is, Hey, I've got this document. And then here's the kill shot. The kill shot is not a bullet to the head. The kill shot is you funded this risky research at a filthy Chinese laboratory that then had a virus escape. And okay, fair enough. Well, the left is going bonkers with this. They think this is an opportunity to take out a conservative TV host. And so 
not only is CNN talking about how awful this is, not only are the left-wing media, Dr. Fauci himself is saying Jesse Waters should be fired. Now, speaking of Americans keeping their jobs, Good Ranchers is a wonderful, wonderful way to support American ranchers and get great meat. This Christmas, give your friends and family the gift of meat. Do it. This is great. Good Ranchers, you will be able to get a box of 100% American meat that is steakhouse quality. Goodranchers.com. They got a variety of boxes to give to your friends or to try for yourself. Given a gift to numero uno this season. Choose the Ranchers Classic for the perfect combo of high quality beef and tender chicken or go with the Cowboy. That way you will have the ultimate steakhouse experience with Black Angus, ribeyes, Wagyu burgers, and more. Get $20 off and free shipping on your order with the code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, at checkout. You know, with Good Ranchers, you are not going to find this kind of high quality beef for this price anywhere. The value per penny ratio here is out of control. And I, you know, for some people, you know, having steak, is like a real splurge. Uh, it certainly was when I was a kid. Well, Good Ranchers makes it such that you can have beef and steak a little more regularly, really top quality stuff. So get your Good Ranchers box or gift card today. Tis the season for open hearts and full stomachs. Give Good Ranchers with my code Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S for 20 bucks off and free shipping. Goodranchers.com slash Knowles. Use code Knowles at checkout to take advantage of this special Christmas offer. Go check out Good Ranchers today. Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci is horrified by the suggestion made by Jesse Waters that people should confront him over his funding of the Wuhan Research Facility. And so Dr. Fauci says Jesse Waters needs to get fired. Well, John, that's horrible. I mean, that just is such a reflection of the craziness that goes on in society. The only thing that I have ever done throughout these two years is to encourage people to practice good public health practices, to get vaccinated, to be careful in public settings, to wear a mask. And for that, you have some guy out there saying that people should be giving me a kill shot to ambush me. I mean, what kind of craziness is there in society these days? That's awful that he said that. And he's going to go very likely unaccountable. <laughs> I mean, whatever network he's on is not going to do anything for him. I mean, that's crazy. The guy should be fired on the spot. Should be fired on the spot. There's only one person in this situation who should be fired on the spot, who should have been fired on the spot a very long time ago. That would be the guy who has run the infectious diseases branch of NIH for seven presidents. The guy who screwed up AIDS, who engaged in extremely risky, illegal at one point research in, in to gain, gain a function research, and then who screwed up the entire response to the pandemic. That would be Dr. Anthony Fauci. He should be fired. He should be fired. He should very likely be prosecuted, at least for perjury. Don't forget, he perjured himself while he was testifying before the Senate. He said that he didn't fund gain-of-function research, and he did, and we have all the evidence that he did. And he should be banished to St. Helena. Okay, I know people are going to say that's too far. No. Fired, for sure. Prosecuted, for sure. Banished to a far-flung island where he can never exert his terrible political influence again. 
Probably, at least. I, I'm all for it. That might be a harder pitch to some people, but I'm all for it. And uh, as Fauci predicted, uh, Fox News is sticking by Jesse Waters. I think that's great. I think it's really great that Fox News is sticking by one of their on-air personalities when uh, his comments were taken completely out of context by leftist uh, Democrat operatives. I think that's really good. That's, that's good to see. Maybe a little surprising these days, but it's good to see. I'm glad. I'm glad that Fox did that. So good job. Good job, Fox. That's great. Glad that uh, Jesse Waters is going to make it. Uh, Speaking of killing, uh, there is a possible hung jury in the trial of Kim Potter. I haven't followed this all that closely. I suspect a lot of people have not followed this trial all that closely. Kim Potter is the woman, she's a cop, who shot a young career criminal. He was young, but he was already a career criminal. His name was Dante Wright. And he was, she shot him while he was resisting arrest. Wright had a warrant out for his arrest related to aggravated armed robbery uh, for failure to appear in court, fleeing police officers, possessing a gun without a permit. He also had a restraining order out forbidding contact with a woman. So he really, he did a lot despite not being all that old. Uh, So she shot him during this altercation. The complicating factor here is that Potter admitted after she shot him that she meant to use a taser. She meant to shoot him with a taser. She actually shot him with a gun. And then he got in the car with a, so he gets shot. He gets in the car with his girlfriend in the car and then just drives off and crashes the car and injures his girlfriend. But apparently that doesn't bother him all that much or it certainly didn't. I I hope there's a hung jury or I hope she gets acquitted. If you, this is my, this is my meta legal, my meta political analysis here of, you know, we're all parsing the law and what happens if she did this and she admitted she wanted the taser and this and that. Here's my main takeaway. If you're a violent career criminal resisting arrest, don't be surprised when a cop shoots you. Don't play stupid games, win stupid prizes. That's, this is really good advice. And I hope that everyone who is considering becoming a career criminal and considering resisting arrest listens to my advice and takes it very much to heart. If you do that, do not be surprised when a cop shoots you. You, you have been warned. Don't, don't think that you have not been warned. Chris Rock made a good point on this number of years ago, he said, look, if, if you're really concerned about getting a beating at the hands of the police, here's some simple advice on how to avoid that. Have you ever been face to face with a police officer and wondered, is he about to kick my ass? Well, wonder no more. If you follow these easy tips, you'll be fine. First, obey the law. Laws were made for a reason. Think of them as hints. You've heard people say, man, I wouldn't do that shit if I was you. Well, here's some of that shit. Carjacking, armed robbery, arson, selling drugs, buying drugs, stabbing, shooting. You know, you probably won't get your ass kicked if you just use common sense. If you jump a subway turnstile, you might just get off with a warning from the police. But if you jump a turnstile carrying a loaded gun and smoking a joint, then maybe you need your ass kicked. We all know what happened to Rodney King. But Rodney wouldn't have got his ass kicked if he had just followed this simple tip. When you see flashing police lights in your mirror, stop immediately. Everybody knows, 
If the police have to come and get you, they're bringing an ass kicking with them. Good advice then, good advice now. So uh, it's sad, it's sad when people die, but that's, that's what's going to happen. Now, <clears throat> you could ask this question, should the cop have tased Dante Wright instead? I'm not so sure, by the way. Tasers don't work that well. They, they can be, if you don't want to carry lethal force and you don't want to have a gun, or maybe you're not really trained in firearms, so you don't want to be carrying a gun all the time and maybe it could be taken away from you. Okay, then, you know, taser is a good option. But tasers sometimes don't work. You shoot a taser, you got to hit someone in, a right, in the right spot, you got to make sure it catches on to them. Then it can work very well, but it might not work. You only get one shot. So if that shot's done, then you're in, then you're in a, a, quite a bit of trouble. But maybe, yeah, I mean, she intended to shoot him with the taser. Then the question becomes, should you be convicted of a crime and sent to prison over, over a mistake? She didn't mean to shoot him with the gun. And should you do that after you've served a long time as a cop, when you used more force than you intended to use on a violent career criminal resisting arrest, but, but maybe not more force than you could, could have been permitted to use. And I, and I think not. I hope she gets off. Maybe she shouldn't be a cop anymore. Maybe she should receive some kind of professional punishment. Maybe she should be assigned to desk duty or kicked off the force, maybe. But to send her to prison, that's insane to me. That's insane to me. And it, and it I think, has much more to do with our idolatry of violent criminals and our embrace of insane racial narratives in America than it does with what this woman actually did. Of course, while we want to follow just authority, and it's good, good advice to, to do that when you get pulled over by a cop, you know, don't, don't act out, just kind of be polite and go along with it and you'll probably be just fine. Uh, you don't want to follow unjust authority. There is a, a viral video. It's, it's, I guess it's a comedy video. Not sure. Not, you know, it's not uh, exactly Dangerfield, but, but it's, oh, it, it's, I guess it's supposed to be comedy about how we should just do whatever Fauci tells us to do. I've just had my third shot, a booster, they call it. How many more are they going to make us get? Don't know, don't care. Because I, like you probably, understand there is a global pandemic and people much, much smarter than you and me have decided this is the best plan of action to avoid lots more people dying or cluttering up hospital hallways. You and I, we're doing our part by getting one more little prick and not being one. And not being one. So just do whatever Fauci says, even though Fauci's contradicted himself at least half a dozen times during this epidemic. Just whatever he says at this moment, do that. Because these are people who are much smarter than you and me. Listen, buddy, I'm not disputing the fact that these people are much smarter than you. <laughs> but just because they're smarter than you does not mean they're smarter than me. <laughs> and it doesn't mean that they're smarter than the rest of us. I don't think that our ruling class is smarter than a, a lot of Americans. I don't think that Dr. Fauci is smarter. He's certainly not wiser than the great many Americans who oppose him. I don't think whatever little he knows, 
about some scientific field. He doesn't seem to know Jack Diddley about uh, philosophy, morality, political philosophy, our system of government, or uh, much of anything else for that matter. And these, these questions it really uh, should weigh into our decision on how, how we react to his edicts. I am now of the opinion that any Republican who does not promise to prosecute Anthony Fauci should not be taken seriously in 2024. This is not hyperbole. This is not just some emotional outburst because I don't like Fauci or we're angry that Fauci is making us do certain things. I think it's pretty clear that he's committed at least one crime. He perjured himself. He perjured himself before a committee of the United States Senate over a very important question, which is his role in the pandemic, his role in starting the pandemic, potentially, by funding risky research, the same sort of research that almost certainly created the virus that escaped from the Wuhan laboratory. Again, you have to say almost certainly or almost definitely or because you, there's, we don't really know because there are cover-ups going on in China. There are cover-ups going on at, at the World Health Organization. There are cover-ups going on in the United States. So we don't, we don't have 100% certainty, but all the evidence we've got suggests that the virus did not just come from some wet market. It came from the Wuhan laboratory. The United, they came from research called gain-of-function research that takes natural viruses and beefs them up and makes them more virulent and makes them more transmissible. That kind of research, despite Fauci lying in front of the Senate, that research was funded by Fauci and the NIH. And look at the results. Everyone knew that this was dangerous research. Fauci admitted it was dangerous. And he said, yeah, whatever, I think it's worth the risk. And now look where we are. So he should be prosecuted at the very least for, for perjury, we have to look at the timeline on when this funding went through because the funding was illegal for, for at least some period of time. That, that would be another potential crime. And as a political matter, this man has too much power and he is, he is almost single-handedly upending our system of government and screwing up our way of life and taking away our rights. And he really, when I say he needs to be banished to St. Helena, I'm only being 3% humorous. Okay. We, in Athenian democracy, Back in ancient Athens, you know, this model of democracy, banishment was a real punishment. When you had a once popular leader, powerful leader, who the people didn't like anymore, they would banish him for 10 years to an island. And frankly, it's not, not the worst idea. When Napoleon was done ravaging Europe, what did they do? They banished him to an island. Not a bad idea. Lots of similarities between Anthony Fauci and Napoleon. Now, yes, it's true. Whichever Republican it is might squish out in the end. You remember we heard lock her up, lock her up. You know, well, if I'm elected, you'd be in jail, that sort of thing. And then what happens? No, no one really goes after Hillary. Fine. That's true. But I'd at least like to get these candidates on the record. It's a matter of justice and it's a matter of existential political necessity. There's one potential 2024 candidate who has already asked the DOJ to launch a criminal investigation into Anthony Fauci. That man would be my co-host on the Verdict podcast, Senator Ted Cruz. So he, he, I guess he's already on the record. He hasn't, he hasn't come out and said he's running for president in 2024, privately, you know, to, to me or anyone else or publicly. Uh, but he has, as a U.S. Senator, already asked for this 
criminal investigation. Unfortunately, the executive branch is the branch that prosecutes. So Merrick Garland, Joe Biden's attorney general, is just not going to do it. But a Republican attorney general could. Uh, And Ted Cruz might be running for president in 2024. There was a a young interviewer. This kid is a teenager from the Truth Gazette. And he's gotten some pretty big names uh, to, to interview. So one of them is Ted Cruz. And the kid asked him, hey, are you running for president in 2024? And I think basically for the first time, Cruz said, very possibly. We have another election coming up in 2024. So aside from the midterms, uh, what are your thoughts on the field of potential candidates going into 2024? And would you ever consider another run for president? Absolutely. Uh, In in a heartbeat, you know, I ran in 2016. Uh, It was the most fun I've ever had in my life. Uh, We had a very crowded field. We had 17 candidates in the race, very strong field. And, And I ended up placing second. And, you know, there's a reason historically that the runner-up is almost always the next nominee, mm-hmm. and and that's been true going back to Nixon or Reagan or or McCain or Romney. That that has played out repeatedly. Uh, you come in with just just enormous base of support. You know, in 2016, we raised over 92 million dollars. Uh, that was the most money any Republican has ever raised in the history of presidential primaries. So this this is a good point, and it's one that had not occurred to me for, for a while, but the, the runner-up does tend to be the next nominee. So this, this puts Cruz in a pretty good position for 2024. Now, the, the complicating factor is Trump, because Trump only got one term, and he has indicated his interest in running again, although it's not clear if he really wants to run again or if he just wants to be a kingmaker or if they would even let him win, the, if the establishment, the ruling class would let him win if he did run. But it seems to me right now, the big contenders are Trump. Trump is the, you know, the big guy in the field. He's polling way higher than anybody else. Ron DeSantis, he's, he's sort of the hot Republican right now. There's always a hot Republican. Uh, he, one hopes he didn't peak too soon. He did kind of, he's been, he's been peaking for a while. I mean, he's, he's really maintained a lot of support. Done a great job on COVID. And Cruz. You know, what DeSantis is doing a great job as a governor. Cruz is doing a great job as a senator. And then Trump is running. Trump is doing a great job as a former president and potential future president. So that, that kind of covers it. Those are the three lanes, you know, the president lane, the governor lane, and the, and the Senate lane. Um, I, it's hard to see another candidate really breaking through that right now. So people are going to have to pick their teams. Although I, I, the thing is, if Trump runs, very possible he would clear the field. But uh, he, he may not run. And Trump, I think, does have a, a slight political uh, complication right now, uh, which we'll get to in just one second. First, though, this week, we released an exclusive face-to-face interview between Candace and Trump. Welcome to a most special episode of Candace. Each time that I've interviewed President Trump, they have never told me that I am not allowed to ask him anything. And today I want to talk about some topics that are on, I think, everybody's mind. Where do you stand on these vaccine mandates? What's going on there? You talk about masks, you talk about mandates. Julian Assange, Edward Snowden. I mean, you could have had a chance to pardon these individuals. You have two sides of it. Anything that looking back, you think, I got that one wrong. Did you get COVID? Uh, no. Did you have the vaccine? No. 
No kidding, I'm very impressed with you. Alec Baldwin, is he gonna get arrested? I think he's crazy. This is the toughest question I could possibly ask you. Tell me one good thing Joe Biden has done in office. She's so done this before. Question, right? He is completely unscripted. It's one of the things that fascinates me about him. What you see is exactly what you get. All right, Mr. President. And it's pretty great. The interview is streaming exclusively to members at dailywire.com. So head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe to join today and start watching. If you want to show your support for truth seekers like Candace, head on over to yeswecandace.com. Pick up some terrific Candace merchandise. Ben also has a new show. It's called The Search. You really got to check it out. His uh, good friend Jordan Peterson is the first guest to join him. Uh, it's great. You can just be a fly on the wall at, on their conversation uh, when they're in a coffee shop. Head on over to dailywire.com slash subscribe. We'll be right back with the mailbag. Before we get to the mailbag, just this one, just to wrap up this last point. Trump has put himself in a tough position because he is defending the vaccines as one of the greatest achievements of his or any administration in history. But a lot of his base doesn't really like the vaccines or they think the vaccines are being used as a political tool. So Trump is saying, I don't support mandates, but the vaccines are really, really great. And we did a great job on it. That it's a tough issue for him. I don't, I, I don't think it was exactly a mistake for, you know, I think he was just kind of backed into this corner on COVID, but it is a complicating fact. It's probably the weakest area right now for him politically looking into 2024. So he's going to, that might give an opening to someone like a DeSantis or someone like a Cruz or someone else who's running, uh, but he's going to have to have an answer to that before, uh, before 2024 rolls around. All right, let's get to the mailbag from Sarah. Michael, this is not a very serious question for your illustrious mailbag. However, this is a rather heated debate in the religious community. What do you think about telling your kids about Santa Claus? On the one hand, it's a joyful practice with a moral or original story. Uh, on the other hand, it's lying to your kids about a fat man sneaking into their home and giving them gifts rather than their family. What will you be telling your kid about Santa? Thanks. Yeah, I like Santa. I'm pro Santa. So it's based in reality, right? There is such a man as St. Nicholas. St. Nicholas actually did give little monies and coins and, and things like that to kids and to poor people. Uh, and he was, he's a great saint of the church, a bishop of Bari. So well, it was based in reality. And I like it. It's kind of fun. I like the idea of the tooth fairy, I like the Easter bunny. It's good. It's fun for kids to have these imaginative things. The only fear would be that the kids, when they find out that Santa Claus is made up, that they would think that uh, Jesus is made up too. <laughs> or some, or St. Nicholas for that matter, you know, uh, real people with a, a real, you know, direct relation to the faith that they would begin to doubt their faith generally. But I, I, I just don't, I'm not too worried about that. I think if you're well catechized and you have a good, good uh, foundation that you'll be just fine. And it's nice for kids to have fun, silly pretend things to enjoy. From Liam, dear connoisseur of Cafefe, I've written into the mailbag before with political philosophical questions, but now I seek your famed relationship advice. I met a girl on a dating app. She's from a foreign country and we both have conflicting work schedules. So it's been hard to communicate with each other. However, from how well I've been able to get to know her, well enough at least to be sure I'm not being catfished, I really like her. 
were both unwilling to take the Fauci-ouchie, and because of Brandon's travel restrictions on the unclean, it would be difficult for us to meet in person. My heart tells me to go get the girl, while my brain says it's impossible, and that even if it were possible, it wouldn't be worth the difficulty, being that I don't even know her that well. What is your advice? My advice is that you don't know the girl, really at all. You're, you've exchanged messages. She's, and, and apparently not even all that frequently or regularly because your schedules are completely opposite and you just met on a, on a dating app and she's on the other side of the world. And often people mistake infatuation with love. Infatuation is similar. It produces similar feelings, but it's not grounded in reality. It may well be the case because you, as you say, you don't know this girl very well, that you are in love with a fictional image that you have made of this girl. Really, you're just in love with your own desires that you are projecting onto this girl rather than the girl herself. And this can be intoxicating because, <laughs> because she's the woman of your dreams, because she literally is the woman of your dreams. She is a figment of your imagination. The only caveat, it may well be that she's a great girl. It may well be that she really is the love of your life. I don't know. I guess keep talking to her. I guess do FaceTime or whatever, you know, spend time in whatever way that you can and try to see if you develop a real relationship. Stranger things have happened. But if you're having this kind of intensity of feeling after just a handful of messages on a dating app irregularly, you know, when maybe you're not even sending them or receiving them at the same time, that's much more likely to be infatuation than it is to be love. From Andrew. Hey, Michael, you mentioned the other day how the 4th of July is a secular holiday. George Washington conveyed in his inauguration speech that all this winning this country was from God. So I was thinking that as a religious person, if we embrace the 4th of July, the celebration of our founding, to be something from God, couldn't that mean that the 4th of July for religious people and a day, I'm not sure, the grammar is a little off here, uh, and a day to celebrate getting this country from God and for the seculars not. Curious your thoughts on this. Thanks. Love your show and all that you do. Uh, yes, well, all of our holidays really should reflect gratitude toward God. And the Founding Fathers understood this. And we have forgotten it because we've created this silly notion that we're a completely secular country and we have a separation of church and state. And that's just bogus. And it's, it's anti-historical and it's incoherent because God does exist. And so given that God exists, that's what all of our forefathers, <laughs> the great statesmen who built our country, going back not just to the founding era, but to the Mayflower, uh, they all knew that. And we've somehow forgotten it largely. But uh, if it is the case, as it is, that God exists, then setting up your country in opposition to God is probably not a smart idea. Uh, that said, uh, there are, there, certain holidays are a little, little less religious than others. Right. Uh, Arbor Day is, is not particular. It's religious in the sense that God makes trees, but it, you know, it's not quite, quite so religious. Uh, Veterans Day. Not quite, not quite so, but it's still religious, right? When we're, you're going out there, you're defending your country, or we're, we're giving gratitude to the people who've gone out and defended our country. Why? Why would they even do that? Because there is this transcendent moral order, and there's right and wrong. And, and so, yeah, and that relates to God, too. Um, I, I would take your 
your letter as a really le- good lesson, a good piece of advice, which is that recognize that every, everything, everything in your life, everything that you do and everything that we do as a nation has some connection to God because God is the creator and sustainer of the universe. Right? And he made you. And so uh, that might affect the way that you live your life. And it should affect the way that you live your life. And it should affect the way that we run our nation. From Nick. Hey, Michael, me again. Here we go. Nick, Nick, Nick. It's been a while. I don't even know who, I don't even know how many Nicks there are at this point. I sort of get, I get this feeling that multiple people are writing in this Nick. Nick, it's me. Whatever. Okay. Hi, Michael. Me again. I'm dating a Jew. <laughs> okay. I've put up walls around my heart recently, so I don't really identify as dating but she's definitely picking up what I'm putting down. Anyway, I throw an awesome Christmas party every year, and she is super Jewish, so much so her family has banned her from coming. Even so, she's planning on sneaking over and defying her family. This could have huge repercussions for her if she's caught. Now, I've never been that kind of homewrecker, so what should I do? Should I tell her to honor her family's demand or tell her to start pre-gaming at 11 a.m.? Sincerely, your brother from another mother. How old is this girl, Nick? If she's got to sneak out of her parents, you know, don't, you shouldn't be dating high school, high school students. Uh, hopefully she's a little older and just happens to be living with her family. This is actually a good question. You're Christian, potential, I don't know. I'm not sure what Nick's religious views are, but let, you're celebrating Christmas. So let's say you're Christian. The girl's Jewish and you want to get together. That's good. I'm not saying that you guys are going to get married yet. doesn't sound like you're ready exactly to settle down. But you will need to resolve this issue. And I think it's great. I think that if you convert her to Christianity, really the Holy Spirit will convert her to Christianity, but you might play some role in it. If you do that, then that would be a good thing. And you could have a nice family. And you, but, you, but the family really does need to have at least similar religious views. And really should be the same religion. Faith is a very powerful thing. Even if you don't believe it to be a powerful thing right now, even if you're one of the people who thinks, oh, come on, I'm agnostic. I'm not an atheist. I'm, sort of, I'm spiritual, but not religious. Oh, I don't care about all these distinctions between religions and denominations. And, you know, it's like, whatever, man. Come on, who cares? You do. It does matter. Because faith shapes Everything about our lives, it shapes the way we see the world, whether we will admit it or not. It shapes the way we view society, shapes the way we view child rearing, shapes the way we view marriage. I, I would recommend before you get married to this girl that you've, you've just met, so it might, might be a while. I would recommend that you sort out at least the basic aspects of this question. But I wouldn't feel bad about, uh, you know, bringing this girl over away from the religion of her parents. That's, that's the way it happens. Oh, Christ says that. He says, I have come to divide, <laughs> you know, divide families. Right? I've, I have come not to bring peace, but a sword, I, you know. I, and so that, that happens. And uh, you, you can't, I, d- I don't think that uh, it's very effective for a parent to just say, if you leave my religion I'm going to be really angry with you. I don't, uh, I don't think that's necessarily the most effective uh, way to keep someone in a faith. 
from Ben. Dear Michael Knowles, which version of the Bible do you prefer? I've heard good things about the New American Bible and bad things about the King James Version. And was wondering which version provides the best reading of the Bible. The King, the King James Version is one of the most beautiful works of, of English ever composed. Uh, so I don't know where you heard that. King James Version is great. Uh, I, I tend to favor the Revised Standard Version Catholic edition. So you got to remember, there's the Protestant Bible took out a bunch of books. So you won't get as many books in the Protestant Bible. But uh, I, so I would recommend a Catholic version. The Douay Reims I would really recommend is great. Um, but in terms of just going to spot check different verses and things, I usually use the RSVCE from John. Since we will not be hearing from you until 2022, what are a few of your resolutions for the new year? Thanks. One of them is to engage in just a very small amount of exercise regularly. I don't, I don't want to go become Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't want to ever go on a run. That does not interest me in the least. I don't want to put on latex, you know, whatever, like suits to go on long bike rides or on a run or so that's, uh-uh. Ain't me. Ain't me, dog. But I do have this wonderful Echelon exercise bike, this stationary bike in my home. I want to do that mostly because I, uh, you know, I'd like to prolong my life a little bit, you know, be around, see my grandkids, that kind of thing. Not saying I got to live forever, but I'd, I'd like to, I would, wouldn't want to live prematurely necessarily. And so, uh, so I think that would be a good thing to do. Very modest. I'm keeping very modest goals for my resolution so that I am more likely to keep them. From Mike, dear Michael, would love to hear your thoughts on deciphering between intelligence and being well-read or educated. I'd say that these things can often go hand in hand, but also believe that just because you can recite a passage from Shakespeare, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're intelligent. How do you define intelligence and who is the most intelligent person that you've come into contact with? Love the show. Sincerely. How about Dem Apples? Well, it's funny because the way you're saying it right now is you're saying that uh, just because you're extremely well-read and knowledgeable doesn't mean you're intelligent. So as if it's better to have a high IQ than to know things. But I kind of think it's the opposite. Uh, you asked the most intelligent person I ever met. I don't know. There are a handful of people. My uh, college roommate is certainly up there. Uh, there are a lot of people. Jeremy Boring. Oh my gosh, Jeremy Boring's IQ is probably through the roof. I mean, a lot of people here at the Daily Wire. I'm thinking, you know, all my colleagues are, uh, you know, have have high IQs. But the best read person I ever met probably doesn't have as high an IQ. And I'm not going to say his name on air because I don't want to destroy his career, but he's in academia. He's in very prestigious positions in academia. And he's just read everything. So maybe his IQ is a little bit lower than some other people I've met, but he, he just knows so much more. And so I just think, yeah, even if you didn't place in the top percentile on an IQ test. Who cares? Don't, don't let that kind of silly determinism discourage you. Just read a bunch of books and think about them and, you know, cultivate your spirit and your knowledge and, and your, the life of the mind. And you can, you can be a lot wiser than people who have a much higher IQ. All right, that's the show. Merry Christmas, everybody. Wonderful and happy new year. I guess I won't see you until the new year. A wonderful year. Thank you so much. You've, you've made my year such a delight. It's a great, great pleasure and honor to be with you all the time. See you in 2022.
If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Clavin Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producer, Mathis Glover. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Associate producer, Justine Turley. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. And hair and makeup by Cherokee Hart. Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. Today on The Ben Shapiro Show, Joe Biden hints his health might stop him from running for president again. The facts are out on Omicron, they cut against panic, and a Democratic congresswoman is mugged by reality. That's today on The Ben Shapiro Show. Give it a listen. Listen.